Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway Wednesday edition. Halfway through the week. Made it. We're going to get you to the weekend. Fast-paced show today. And plenty of football for the rest of the week with NFL training camps, joint practices ongoing. There are five of those today. There will be six total starting tomorrow across the NFL. A lot of college football headlines and much more. Ike Taylor, former Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back. He will be with us in 20 minutes. We'll discuss his observations from Steelers camp. He has uh, been in Latrobe and has been behind the scenes with new general manager Omar Khan. He was shadowing the scouting department a week and a half ago and saw some things up close. There is plenty to discuss with Kenny Pickett. That's coming up in 20 minutes. Later, Dave Hookstead from Outkick.com on the Big Ten, Notre Dame, and more. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Big news right as we open the show also from Adrian Wojnarowski. LeBron James agreeing to a two-year extension with the Lakers. $97 million extension set to make $44 million this next season will make around $42 million and change the following two seasons after that. There's a player option in year two of the contract extension, which would be three years from now. So, so he's under contract for this next season, 2022-23. This contract would extend him to 2025, but that 2024-25 season is a player option. Is that a more tradable contract? Well, it's a player option. I mean, he could opt out of the contract and go sign somewhere. So here's what he, is my understanding. Here's what he's doing. Um, he's 37 years old. He is going to opt out and play one year with his son. His son wherever will be drafted, and he will sign wherever his son is drafted, and he will play with Bronny as he's 40 years old. He's 37 now. When he's 40, he will play a season, and that will be the final season of LeBron's career. Sounds like a plan. It's Cause, also because his son's a one and done, and he's a, he's an upcoming senior, right? Yes. So the the opt out year is after his one year in college. It's also very odd with his son because he was a, a five star prospect initially. Then he went way down in the rankings, but he remained a, a four star player. At first, Duke and Kentucky were listed as offers, but now if you go to his recruiting page, there's no schools listed. With offers. So everyone immediately thought, okay, he's going to this G League Ignite mm-hmm. and he's not going to play in college. And LeBron James is coming out and saying, oh, no, no, no. College is the most likely scenario that he's going to go play somewhere in college, but yet there's no real information out there about where he's considering. There was talk about Rick Barnes having a relationship with Nike and with Bronny James and recruiting him to Tennessee at one point. Uh, there's... A long-standing deal with LeBron James and Duke. And Kent- it's going to be a Nike school. Everyone knows that because of the family's connection to Nike. But LeBron came out and basically poo-pooed the idea that it's going to be the G League for a year, that he's more likely to be a one-and-done type player. I can't imagine. I think your scenario plays time-wise 
Hutton because he has mentioned that I think on his show, The Shop, that that's something he'd like to do. So that would that would make sense. He had G a year left wouldn't and, be very good for the brand. I no, know people would follow that, well, that's him there. Fair. It'd be good for the G League brand, uh, but it wouldn't be great for the. It'd be great James for college brand. basketball to have Bronny James play one yeah. year at a powerhouse that's on television every game. Yep. I mean that's that's the hope of the basketball fan in me is that he goes me somewhere too. where I can see him play all the time. Well, and LeBron would be there when possible. Yeah. You know. Well, playing in NCAA tournament games. I mean, all of that. And you know, wearing even the just shirt, for one season. Wearing the merch of of that school. Yeah. Not just father, not just son, but father. But it's just odd that there's no, there's no list. There's been, the recruitment has been so hush hush. He's not taking visits. There's not any talk out there about who he likes, what coach has been in contact with them, and I think that's partially by design with LeBron. But there's just nothing. There's it's no news about where he's going to go. Quieter go. than Arch Manning. Yes. Now w- within this, he is now the highest earning player in the NBA history. Um, Five hundred thirty-two million in guaranteed money. He surpasses Kevin Durant in in that regard, based on the new contract extension. And he's got more interest in playing than Kevin Durant. Let's be honest. Yeah, Ke- Kevin Durant, which isn't a high bar. I mean, if he if he works this thing out where he gets traded to Boston, because now all, it's all well, he he would prefer Boston. I got a if he gets exactly what he wants and goes to Boston. <laughs> What a what a crazy oh, so now situation. it's Boston and not Phoenix. If the Nets trade of the Boston, Boston. That's ridiculous. Well, the one that was uh, initially pegged as most likely to get him based on what they could give was Miami, and Pat Riley wanting to bring in Kevin Durant, so that Miami could get him. Miami's already a contender, yeah. but would get Kevin Durant, and then it's oh well, he would prefer Boston. Let let's let's be clear about all of this. It's all about what the player prefers. This is the sad state of the NBA for years now. This is not a new phenomenon. It doesn't matter what the Brooklyn Nets want. It matters what Kevin Durant wants. And then what other powers around him can work out in a deal. That's what it comes down to. It is crazy that they could even contemplate trading him to Boston. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I mean, the player power is obscene. But that to trade him to a team that you're competing with like Boston, to the degree you're competing with Boston, is just insane. I would love to see a prop bet on the the odds of LeBron James winning one more championship. Now that this has been announced, will the Lakers do enough around him? <laughs> they were terrible this past season. Do enough around him where he gets one more title in the next three years. Given the current status of the NBA and power teams in, in the league. I mean, could he win one more? Think about what you're saying, though. Like, they were awful. Could they give him more? He's playing with Anthony Davis and Westbrook. And, I mean... And they were awful. I know. But, like, can they give him more? Yeah, what is... I know what you're saying. I shouldn't say more. I should say the right combination (laughs) around him. Yeah. Because they're the Lakers. And these things can change quickly. One offseason, they could have a completely different nucleus of a team that, that could make a run. By the way, I, I would I would bet on no. He's not going to win another title. He's going to play three more years and be done without an, another title. They're doing a real documentary on the Lakers. It seems like almost in response to um, to to the HBO show that you stuck with that I hated. Uh, Legacy: The True Story of the L.A. Lakers, a Hulu series that Jeannie Buss is uh, a part of and in, endorses. It says uh, like they've talked to eighty five people for this thing. 
So it's kind of compelling. She, she, what I read about her on Awful Announcing is that she, she says it really starts off with a deep dive into Jerry Buss being so friendly with magic and how that was, in her eyes, the first like GM player or, <clears throat> or owner, excuse me, getting to know his player on that level and having that kind of relationship instead of it just being you're my player and I'm your boss, so to speak. Well, it was a, it, the, the show that you hate that I love uh, also gets into the sort of father-son, surrogate dad in L.A. that Jerry Buss was, but he was the dad who partied with you. He was the crazy uncle that took you out for drinks. That's what he was for Magic Johnson when he got to L.A. and had no one. Um, I, it's amazing the, the plethora of Lakers programming out there all at once. Yeah. They've got the Apple TV documentary series, which I don't think is very good, that Call Me Magic. They call me Magic because it's done by Magic Johnson. So it's a big, you know, charade, but it's not, not charade, parade for Magic Johnson. You could tell it's not a documentary, really. And then they have this. I wonder what leads to something all happening at once like that. Different people have different plans for something that's been a long time in the world, and then it all hits at once. Well, Jeff Perlman's book certainly had a lot to do with getting it started. Well, that's the inspiration for the HBO series. And now you have, it's almost like the counter to the Jeff Perlman HBO series to have Magic Johnson having his own documentary, now a full Lakers yeah, documentary. That's a little too much. I'm way more interested in the Hulu complete Lakers documentary than what Magic Johnson put out. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, several joint practices going on. The main headline today is another fight broke out uh, with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers and injured a fan. Uh, apparently, the, uh, this ends up being... Uh, into the stands, which you're not going to be able to see on the video, um, but it goes further into the Ooh. the fan area the on the sidewalk, and um, a, a woman hurt her ankle pretty bad. That's my uh, lawsuit. So um, you've got uh, Patriots and Panthers getting after it uh, today in their joint practice. Titans and Buccaneers, uh, no fights uh, throughout their two hours of work. Um, pretty businesslike, right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, very businesslike and. Uh, Vrabel and um, the Bucks coaching staff, um, which, by the way, Arians was there and was on the field and in the middle of things, um, that called up the teams right before they started practice today, and it was very businesslike from there on um, with, the, uh, with the talk, and then they had full pads, and, and I thought Ryan Tannehill looked very good, um, the other two quarterbacks. Right now, the Titans' backup quarterback is Derrick Henry and the Wildcat. The other two backup quarterbacks are not good right now Woodside or Malik Willis and uh, Willis certainly has a chance to to develop but in no way um, are they in any spot to hand the football to him if he's not just going to turn around and hand the football to Derrick Henry some of us <clears throat> sorry can't clear this throat some of us the long timers have taken to counting when Willis gets the ball in his hand and you can count uh, you know basically for Mississippi plenty of times he's never going to be able to hold the ball that long. He's missing check downs, you know, that are standing there waiting for the ball in the flat who could get, you know, three, four yards or at least a couple yards to, to maintain forward progress. He said today, you know, this is new. We, we haven't done any prep on what they do in two minutes. They worked a ton of two minutes the second half of this practice where only one offense and defense were on one field. That was it. Everybody was watching that. And he was holding the ball forever before he took off and got two or three yards. Uh, so if he doesn't throw it on Saturday night, 
it's going to turn into like, I'll feel like it's almost well, Chuck Knobloch or one of those guys that's got a... They've got to get him out of the pattern of seeing, seeing one thing, feeling that it's breaking down, and, and, you, and doing up. what he's always done, which has worked in college, which has worked in high school, which has worked to get him drafted, which is his athleticism. He's extremely gifted. He has a rocket for an arm, but he gets out of there and relies on his athleticism, and whenever that happens against first string, if he's put into a game... Um, the speed of the game, they will have him playing inside a very condensed box Absolutely. on the field, and it's just not going to work. Wood, Woodside's on this roster right now, um, and I don't think it, it, it's very – it's not a great scenario for them to carry three quarterbacks, but right now both backups leave you with a lot to be desired, and that's why uh, maybe you only carry two quarterbacks and you have Malik Willis and you go wildcat if something happens with Ryan Tannehill. And, and, and that's, that's – to me, that's the best option – based on what they've seen. The good news is uh, Tannehill looked very good. Traylon Burks looked very good in the first 30 minutes of practice. And then he went inside with uh, a trainer in front of media and fans. So um, and, and was he limping when he left the field? He, it wasn't um, hydration related. Let's yeah, put it there's that way. something wrong with uh, one of his legs. He got up, somebody uh, said, and shook his left leg. But he, went, he did go back. I wasn't watching this as told. He went back, Hutton, to the, the line of scrimmage or to the offense and was there for a short bit before he walked off with the trainer. So he caught this ball. He ran out the, the catch, and he went back to be with the offense before he talked to a trainer and then went inside with the trainer. So it wasn't like practice stopped. He suffered some kind of injury no, or anything no. like that. But we know, you know, a little ding on a Titans receiver and a, a ding on a Titans first round pick. This is a magical combination that means guys, you know, I'm not expecting he's going to be out there tomorrow. And then lo and behold, he's had 10 snaps against the opposing team in a joint practice instead of two full days of work, which is what they need for him to get. We can, we can hit uh, more on that. And again, we, we don't know the significance of it. He walked off. Uh, Paul's right. It wasn't like they stopped practice. Um, and Vrabel refused to talk on it on a question Paul asked him. So uh, maybe a further update tomorrow if, if he does or does not practice. Um, but we'll know further there. What we do know is he practiced for 30 minutes of a two-hour practice. Um, so uh, take that for, for what it's worth. Uh, Dylan Radins was the starter at right tackle. I'm eager to see if they run it back with him tomorrow as the starter at right tackle. He took all the first string reps from what I observed with Tannehill in there. There was one scare where um, Raidens was backed up leverage-wise into Tannehill um, and on, on his right leg, rolled up on his right leg. Tannehill's fine. You finished the practice. This was uh, in the first 7-on-7 seven seven or 11-on-11 or 11 11, um, work on the offensive side of the field, the Titans' offensive side of the field. Uh, and they did split up and worked on two different fields throughout. Raidens, though, I thought was very physical um, for what I've seen from him um, and, and held his own for the most part. I thought they formed a, a pretty good pocket for, for Tannehill to step up and throw, which produced a good day overall against the Bucks secondary. Uh, Titans were pretty good all around. I watched uh, a lot of the defense at the beginning. Um, they ran 23 snaps of one-on-one. -on -one, uh, you know, DBs against wide receivers, I put them down for, you know, quote-unquote winning 10 of those snaps, which is a very high number when a quarterback has no rush to deal with and no, you know, it's a strictly one guy against another guy who can win very easily. Uh, feisty. Caleb Farley, not good. Um, 
it got left on skates by Scotty Miller and one, uh, I'll share the picture later as to how far off. I mean, he was six yards off of him when the ball was almost going to arrive. But um, Christian Fulton, good. Uh, one of them was against Julio Jones. One of them against the smaller guys. Interesting, uh, because the Bucks without three of their prime guys outside of Julio Jones, they have a lot of little guys out there. And the Titans have a lot of big receivers. So it's a different thing for them. Uh, but defensively in the trench is very good. Jeffrey Simmons tossing people around. T.R. Tart I thought was was good. And um, defensively, they, they said they won. Jeffrey Simmons came off saying, you know, he felt like maybe there were a couple snaps they need to look at. Kevin Byard, same thing. Very confident. A lot of swagger. More observations on the practice coming up later. Uh, for, uh, Vikings 49ers, Chargers and Cowboys are currently on the field in a joint, a joint work. Lions and Colts today, Saints and Packers. Starting tomorrow, the Eagles and Browns will also join them. Ike Taylor is about to join us. We're going to talk NFL headlines and discuss the youth movement in Pittsburgh where Kenny Pickett had a fantastic performance in the first preseason game, working as the third string. And since then, he's been at least been working some with the first team offense. We'll get Ike's take on that, plus George Pickens and much more two-time Super Bowl champions with us next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up, our take on... The LSU Tigers, plus more on the joint practices around the league. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Our first visit with Ike Taylor was prior to the draft. We were talking about Roethlisberger and uh, the, the quarterback options, and he was excellent. The Believe in Steelers podcast, uh, highly recommend going and checking that out. And Ike uh, has a great connection, of course, uh, in Latrobe and Pittsburgh with the Steelers. He was working with the scouting department recently with Omar Khan and everyone getting a firsthand look on this year's roster. And Ike Taylor joins us now. Ike, appreciate the time, man. Hope you're well. We're just in time. I'm about to park this big dually truck. <laughs> just, just a good old bull with, with y'all guys, man. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on the show, fellas. Appreciate y'all. But, um, yeah, I was at, I was at camp for three weeks. It was real good. So uh, I thought the I thought the draft for Kenny, not Kenny, I thought the draft of George Pickens was the steal of the draft. And obviously, you know, George didn't make me look bad at all. I thought Kenny Pickett might need some time, but he was running with the third the third stream. And when you put him in the game, I think he's much more of a gamer than a practice guy. So Kenny Pickett looked real good from a from a, from a rookie standpoint. So. The time will tell what Pittsburgh Steelers want to do as far as like where he is on the depth chart, but Pittsburgh looking real good, you know, just to come out there and all three quarterbacks between Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett, you know, all them boys had 
all them boys had a, a, a real good, solid first preseason game. That's what you want to see as a coach. So uh, I got a chance to see them up close in person. But, you know, to go out there on the field and to display what they display from a quarterback position, you know, you couldn't be mad at all. Well, let, let, we could start with Pickett. Let's start with Pickens, uh, your guy. Um, he Does he embody the spirit of the team better than anybody you could pick out in college? Um, you mentioned you were working with the scouting department a bit and you, you really liked him just uh, at Georgia. Uh, but it, just knowing what the attitude, I guess, is what I'm getting at, the attitude he brings um, – that that was showing through in the first preseason game for sure. Hey, Not Kenny. So George, uh, he just George just loves uh, he just loves football, and it's hard for a young kid, I mean a young man, at that position coming out of college, coming off the injury he had in college, how talented he is how much of a team player he is. Like, he gets more excited when he sees a running back, you know, go from third and three, get third and six. He gets excited when his coaches wants him to block. So for a kid to at that position, which is known when you're supposed to be real good to be more diva-like, he's not diva-like at all. You know, George, George just loves playing football and that's all he knows so he cares more about his teammates having success because he know eventually he will and when you got a guy like that with that kind of talent it just makes it just makes the team better Ike on, on rundowns are corners on notice if George Pickens is lined up across from them on like second and one third and one thinking that he's going to come over and, and try to shove them to the ground the way he did in the preseason game you got damn right your antenna's got to be up and when you when you when you going against George Pickens, this not about to be a receiving day. It's about to be a let me bring my big boy shoulder pads day, because I got a young man. Not only does he take pride in probably wanting to be one of the best receivers in the league, but he takes pride in blocking as well. So he takes pride in all like the little things. He takes pride in the want to, and. The want to is blocking. You got to want to block for your teammates to have success. Just like when you play in corner, you got to want to tackle. As good as a cover guy you may be, you got to get down and dirty sometime, and that's tackling. George P., you know, he get down and dirty. Uh, not, at, not as well as he is catching, but even as the blocking position. So just to see the young man, like I say, man, between him and Mika Fitzpatrick, this. Just to be around those young guys and just to see that they just love playing football and they just love their teammates' success. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. You, you described him as a gamer. Um, I'm curious if you get close enough to him to see if his hands were too small <laughs> because that was the knock on him at the, at the NFL draft. Do you laugh when you hear those types of descriptions and just turn yeah. on the tape and watch yeah. a guy instead of paying attention to that? Yeah. I mean, you just hit it on the head. I mean, you 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 turn you turn on the tape, and the man just see and you just see success, you know, with the ACC and him throwing for all them yards, him coming back, just to just to hone his skills. Like, I mean, we're gonna talk about his hands, and just to say the man wore gloves. You know, Tom Brady wore gloves, Big Ben wore gloves. Now, obviously, they wore gloves when it got cold, 
but if that's if, if that's what the new generation is doing and they having success with it, there is nothing wrong with that. So I, I just think as an old school player or even an old school person, just in general, how football used to be, it's not what it used to be anymore. You know, you got to evolve not only as a player, but as an analyst and as guys on media and as scouts, we got to evolve as well. You know, these kids, and one, the NFL is doing a great job, I think, of the safety of these kids. Two, you just have to evolve in the rules that's changing and how these kids think and act. I know Ben um, got them into the playoffs last year, eked in into that seventh spot with an expanded field. But do you think that it's conceivable, Ike, that, that particularly if Pickett takes off, this team could be better in the passing game this year? I mean, honestly, it's like it's like a fresh air, you know? Seven been doing it for a long time, and he's and he's been real successful. You know, so I guess when you're that successful, you've been doing it for a long time, you know, as an organization, kind of just like spoils you. You know, you know, at the quarterback position, you get the tough um, Ohio kid who is multi-talented in, a, in different sports, very successful when it came down to that quarterback position. And when you just go to training camp, you knew who was always on the number one depth chart, and that was Big Ben. But the reason why I like Coach T, Coach Mike Tomlin, is he, he embraced adversity, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I've had a, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback, but, man, let me see what my coaching at. And what I mean by, man, let me see what my coaching at means, you know, let's, 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 Let's flip the chapter. Let's turn the page. Let's write another book. And let's see what these young guys can do. You know, let me see if I can groom Kenny Pickett. Now, not, not to be like a big Ben, but to put us in situations to we can hoist Lombardians. Ike Taylor, our guest on Outkick 360. What It's not like Mitchell Trubisky has been bad by all accounts. I, I've only seen the preseason game, but right, right, read, right, reading right, the right. accounts, he's been okay. Correct. Um, right. what is what is he up against Ike in Pittsburgh knowing that Pickett is the chosen one the fans adore him he played his college ball there and the right. minute that Trubisky has a bad game they are going to be breathing down his neck what what uh, will there be patience not from the fan base from, from the organization that if Trubisky yeah, is, is good so. enough to win the job he gets the job you gotta get a man a job I mean he's a he's a former Pro Bowl you know quarterback you know what I'm saying? So the man got a Pro Bowl on his resume, and they, they say the grass ain't always greener, but coming to Pittsburgh, coming from Chicago with Mr. Biscay, him understanding with the Buffalo Bills and how they act and what they do and the success they didn't have, and him seeing Josh Allen and company, yeah, the grass is green. You know, he has a basketball <laughs> receiving court. He got two guys between Chase and George Pickens who are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". You got a slot receiver with, with, with Austin. T. Austin the third, he can he can move, he can get open. Like you got war, you got you, you got a, you, you got tight ends. Like Mr. Bisson got a squad. You know you got a running back. So the only thing probably was the concern was the offensive line, and you saw what the offensive line did. They handle their business. You know, so Miss like, golly, I went from okay to sitting on the island, got four hundred million dollars in my bank account. I could just sit sip my ties all day. Just looking at the roster and what he has on the outside and behind him in the tight end position, 
you know, and we're going to talk about the coaching staff. Like I got, I got a coach who's been doing this for 15 plus years. So he gets me, he going to let me be me. And he, and he give me all this. So I, I got Ferraris. I got, I, I got four trucks. I, I got a tank sitting in the back of me. Like what you want me to do? So for me, from Mitchell Trubisky standpoint, you know, the grass is greener for him. For Kenny Pickett, he's going into a good situation. For Mason Rudolph, time will tell. I think he's had his chance. We'll see. He's fighting, though. Mason is fighting. But for Mitch, man, it's just – he's a good dude, too. Like, Mitchell Trubisky, he just – he's a good dude, former first-round draft picks. Pittsburgh in a good situation. They got a first-round draft pick in Kenny Pickett, and they have a former first-round draft pick who could possibly start for the first regular season game. Well, and you mentioned, you know, going from, if you're Trubisky, from the Bears with virtually no success from a team standpoint while he was there to Pittsburgh that's perennially right there in the mix and a very, maybe the most stable franchise in the NFL. Look at that from your perspective, Ike. You, you spent your entire career with Pittsburgh. When you look around right. the league, how, how different is that for you to talk to guys and hear about franchises and hear about situations that aren't stable like the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Man, I got I got a lot from guys coming from free agency. You know what I'm saying? Who who is like, oh, now we see why y'all win. You know, y'all. It's a brotherhood the organization. Like, man, my, the owner knows my kids. You know my wife's name. You know, like, you know, the door's not closed. He's not looking at me. He's not looking at me as just business. He's looking at me as a human. And being a part of this organization, then it just becomes family, you know. So I've heard this story so many times from from guys just coming from different teams and seeing how the Pittsburgh Steelers run their organization, and it's a family orientated kind of deal. Then when you put Coach T on top, and he just embraced guys, players being themselves, not trying to be something you're not, it's just a recipe for success, fellas. What's your expectation out of New England? Um, where Mac Jones is is being coached by some guys who don't necessarily have an offensive background in a competitive division where Buffalo sets the pace, but Miami and the Jets have done a lot for their young quarterbacks. Right. Oh, man, that's a loaded question. Holy moly. Um, Miami, Miami ain't Miami no more. And what I mean by that, they're up and coming. But one thing Miami always did was give the, the Patriots problems when it came down to that division. Obviously, you know, you know, it depend on depending on who you ask, the Buffalo Bills are the Super Bowl favorites. You know, so when it comes down to the offensive side, uh, you'll take Miami, you'll take the Buffalo Bills over New England. It's just that when it comes down to that defensive side, you know, Belichick, Coach Belichick always got something on his sleeve. He's going to take what you do best out the window. So you got to find a different strategy and you got to maneuver from there. So we will see what Matt do. I think Matt has been coached. He's been, I mean, he got two tough coaches, Nick Saban. You know, Nick Saban, when you go down to Alabama, you got to earn. You got to earn the play. And Matt has done that. And same thing with Coach Belichick. When you play with Coach Belichick, you got to earn the play. Your skin got to be different. Gotta, you got to have crocodile skin when you're dealing with them two kind of coaches. If not, you're, got, you're not going to make it. So, I think Matt got the juice. We will see how this offensive coordinator situation going on is very odd, very unorthodox. But, you know, Coach Belichick, he he gets off on that. That's why we call him the genius type. So we shall see. I think Matt is built for it all because he went to Alabama and he had to earn his, his, 
his way to play. Same thing he's doing in New England. He's had to earn his way to play. But uh, some guys, some guys just they just built for it. I think Matt Matt Jones is one of them guys. It's just that old, that OC, the offensive coordinator situation. You know, that's kind of odd right now. Ike Taylor, I guess. Ike, what do you think Brady's up to right now? Chilling. <laughs> chilling. Like just at the house or just what? Chilling. I mean, he, nah, he's training with his trainer. He's staying in shape. It just don't, you know, Brady don't even need you right now. I just need you for the regular season. Brady, Brady gets that all-time pass. You know, 45 years old, he don't need to go through training camp. You know, them guys, they've been, what, his third year sitting over there, so them guys expect and they understand what Brady demands and what he brings to the table from the coaching staff to the players. You know, it was like, okay, we got our, we got our second string quarterback. He's cool. But dang, I can't wait to Brady come <laughs> back and get him on the field. Cause you know, when he come on the field, man, that, that, that ain't number W's. You know, when you, when you say Tom Brady, it's, it's a whole lot of W's and it's about four or five L's. That's what he do. That's what he been doing for a long, for a long time. The man 45 years old. So, why not you know, just say that? Call I, him a Hall of if, Fame. I call him a, if, if you're Tampa, why not just come out and say it's maintenance? It's two weeks off. We had this pre-planned. Nope. He had retired and come back. Y'all, I mean, y'all, y'all not going to let me say that. From the media standpoint, y'all ain't going to let me say that. So I'm just going to say, man, I got personal issues going on. But I'm working out with my trainer, and I'll be healthy. And, re- and maybe he might do have personal issues. But – I'm just speculating. Right. I'm just guessing. We all are. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Hey. Man, the man just chilling, man. Working out on this trailer. My, my personal issue would be trying to park the truck that you're sitting in right now, the dually. Is it worth driving when you have I to did. park it? Uh, Is it tough man, to park? It's so worth driving, man. But driving no, a boat. Man, I, put, I, put some air, man, I put some air rides. <laughs> I put some air rides on this truck. I threw some air rides on the truck. Right. right. Then I put a 75 gallon gas tank. So it, it probably cost me like $400 to fill the truck up. <laughs> but I got a uh, 1700 miles. So I can go from here to Arizona and, 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 and not, and not see the gas station. So yeah, fellas, I did this for a reason. So, all right. but I really, I really do have to go. I, I got to take my son to uh, therapy right now. It's all good. Hey, Appreciate thank it. you but for it was the time. A pleasure. It's always, chat- it's always great chatting with you and uh, we'll catch up soon on the, on the Steelers. Hey, thanks for having me on the uh, Outkick 360, fellas. I appreciate y'all's time you. as well. Thank you, Ike. There's Ike Taylor uh, just uh, filling oh, up the dually. I, I, driving I, Arizona. I respectfully totally disagree with Ike. Just say it if that's what it is. Like if yeah, Tom Brady is legitimately taking two weeks off for just rest and wanting to get away from training camp, I don't know anyone that would have a big problem with that at this point. The guy retired and came back, just said, look, we worked out a maintenance plan. He's going to go away for two weeks. He's going to stay in shape. We got a plan for him, and then he's going to come back if that's it. You just open the door. If there's nothing personal going on, you open the door to a lot of unneeded questions I will say, from though, everyone if you do that. The speculation has not been nearly as rampant or crazy as I expected, so I tended to agree with you early, but it's pretty much everybody's been well, like, here's, all right, well, he, he left for a while, and everybody's cool well, with that, it. That's how it would have been, though, from the jump if he comes back, like if it's a vacation. I was talking today on on ninety four nine the fan uh, here in Nashville, um, and one zero two five. They they were asking about Brady not being there. I said, look, um, if it, it, this could have been easily explained by if it's a vacation, for instance, um, whenever you come back out of retirement, you simply work in the fact that 
Giselle, and it, we spent time with family, and, and you know, she's allowed me to do one more year or however long this is, ride's going to go. I still have it in me. But uh, a concession is I'm, I still have to go on this family trip that we're taking. And it's, it's just done. You wash your hands with it, it's done. The family trip can last as long as it needs to. It, and if it's not health-related, then it does send the... It's an anti-Brady message. This is a dude that, got, that rented out a private high school park in Florida during COVID and was ridiculed for it because he wanted to get guys like Gronk together to throw. Guys that he had spent his entire career with. Guys that he will potentially go into the Hall of Fame with um, to, to run routes in the middle of, uh, of a park in Florida. But yet he's taking 10 days off of training camp in what could be his final year. It's, it is odd that they don't just say what it is if it's a simple explanation. Well, and that was and that was year 1, you know, with the, with Tampa and a new system when he was doing that. I mean, I get that it's it's different year 3, so maybe the mindset is I can do this and still be fine. Just not being there the whole time is anti-Brady, but yeah. he's also 45 years old. And again, I hate the cloak and dagger BS. If 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 it is in fact as Ike said, he's just chilling. And he's just hanging out somewhere, but he's staying in shape. I think that's why. Then we just all think say though, that, right? and it's fine. Like, hey, I I retired and came back. And I heard your interview earlier. If he had a pre-planned trip with his family or something, just say that. I, think I he'd retired. Get We're going to do something. No, to do. absolutely not. Then more but, than he's getting killed for what he's doing now. Because no. because oh, for, uh, more than he's getting killed now, which is not saying anything, and the media is just. I don't oh, think Brady, he'd get killed. Brady for will it. be back and it'd be fine. Right. I, it's it, not it, getting killed at all. So this has been, been easy for it'd him. It'd have been a non-issue. Um, what's not going to well, be easy the, for him if 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 these if, if the speculation is that he's on some trip? I mean, if TMZ's got photos of him hanging out on the beach or whatever, which I don't think is what what's happening, but that's where he's going to get crushed for. Well, it. someone's got. You've got the guy it. who never practices and Julio Jones showing up and practicing. I, I don't know how any anyone won't come up with this story. I feel like someone knows. Well, we're basing and this off have of the story. We're basing this off of the fact that the report is accurate, and there's no reason to think it's not. That it has nothing, nothing to do with, to do with his health, health or his family health. Yeah. So if that's accurate, then the speculation is odd. That that's all. And if it's very if it's very explainable, just put it out there and move on. I don't I mean, think if it was a, if it was a pre-planned something with his family or whatever. That's a personal thing. Yeah. But he's doing something with his family. I, I think so few people would crush him over that if he said, "I retired for a short time." This was planned. Because he came then back I decided to play, and I said, "I'm not. I'm not going to bail out on my family commitment with this deal." Who's going to crush him over that? They, they wouldn't For say anything in March about that. I, I think I just, there would be some. I, I think he's getting off now without it being that much of a big deal, and so he's played it fine. And I think some of these guys, the Bradys, the Jeters, the Mannings, the Tiger Woods, like when they can put the clamps on something and gain some degree of control over their lives and their privacy. And I imagine that he likes the fact that people don't know. It's just gonna, that, it, it's going to be never even, been an issue for him. Though. Yeah, it's going to be even more mysterious when he shows back up and starts not answering it or being demanded That's not gonna to be, be asked about it. Yeah, but, but the, the privacy thing's never been an issue for him. No, it's been he he's been the one that has let us in through the Facebook show and yeah, all the, the series with ESPN. Other than that, we don't know much about the guy not other than what he allows to get out. So I I don't buy the whole. You know, I think he likes it that way. Well, sure. He'll he'll choose when yeah, to well, let us okay. know. He'll do and an so interview with Jim not, Gray, not and he'll let everyone know what he's doing. Well, he's also or again. He won't. Yeah, he he's also a guy that 
was seen with his wife and kids on two different series that he produced for the world to see. Mm-hmm. He signed a record contract with Fox, right. where he's going to be on screen constantly. It's not like he's some. He's not. He's not Andrew Luck, who just retired and disappeared to the wilderness yeah, somewhere right. to go start another book club. I mean, he's out there. So a, that's what that's what makes this even more strange that he won't just yeah. say it. Yeah, and, and, someone who's been very upfront. And it's strange honest. because it's Brady. We we Brady normally takes no days off. I think but. it'll come back too if if they're off week one. Yeah. If things are out of sync, I think we'll, it'll be revisited in a big way. He did get one of the joint practices, and they, this is their second joint practice in back-to-back weeks. They're, they played against Miami last week, and they had joint work. So um, to be determined on that. But the saga continues, and it's, it is so evident whether he's not out there with the Bucks. Oh, it's a whole different deal. you got Blaine Gabbert running the ones. It looks a bit different. Coming up, we air our grievances. Primary complaint is next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Coming up, a stat on the college football AP Top 25 preseason poll and the top six teams selected. We'll take a look at that and then look at the teams just beneath them as we try to find an outside-the-box, not just college football playoff, but national championship candidate. That's coming up in nine minutes. First, though primary complaint it's time to air our top grievance of the week you can complain all you want my job is so unfulfilling don't run away from your feelings it's time for primary complaint on outkick 360 love the new open absolutely guys my primary complaint today is with the field turf for some of these preseason games across the NFL and the bickering that's been going on pre-game about these games. Now, the Soldier Field is at the top of the image here. It is chewed up because Elton John played there on this turf eight days prior to this game. And there was all this complaining about, oh, the Chiefs went through walkthrough and it just seems unfit to play. And same thing from the Vikings in Vegas where they laid down some new sod and there are patches of bald spots on the field. My primary complaint is not on the, these, these guys on the turf or, or the protocols in place. It's that, for instance, Kansas City complained about it and then played Patrick Mahomes right after complaining about this turf in pregame warmups. If you want to affect change, refuse to play a meaningless preseason game if you're not happy with the way the turf meets your specifications. That's my primary complaint. 
So my primary complaint this week involves NFL preseason and training camps and how really it's just a fantasy camp for a lot of the people that participate in NFL training camps. I I don't like that there's something as big as the NFL and as important as the NFL where you have 53 guys that play on the roster than 45 on game days in a lot of situations where you got guys who just show up and wear a jersey that have no chance of making the team. And it leads to great storylines like this. (laughs) French fries being right next to each other in a Colts preseason game. Uh, Maybe one of these guys will stick around a little while longer. I think it's fries is in his third year in the league as a seventh-round pick. French, on the other hand, is an undrafted free agent who will not make the roster. Let's go ahead and face it. But yet, for the rest of his life, he'll say, hey, I was the guy in that photo next to Fries in an NFL game, you know, the biggest league in the world. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint, out of context, uh, preseason highlights. Uh, Albert Wilson, you know, he's played some ball in the league. He had fourth quarter touchdown from Kellen Mond against the Raiders, off an illegal pick. This is celebrated as, as, as an achievement. If Albert Wilson is not making fourth quarter plays, it's, it's a problem. That he is making fourth quarter plays is not a big deal. Malik Willis had a 48-yard completion. Well, the, 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 yeah, he made a nice throw, but I think we should mention, you know, the guy who was supposed to be covering Racy McMath went and covered some empty space instead of covering Racy McMath. George Pickens just flew by a guy, um, and, and there was, you know, Great George catch. George Pickens made Pick- an amazing catch. Yeah, he, he had a very good game, but on this particular catch, the footwork at the end was good. The guy covering him just basically watched him run by. I think the context on some of these plays is relevant. Never mentioned. We just wow at the highlights. Allegiant Field has a rollout tray yeah. for the field. So why is the field I don't damaged? know. Maybe, maybe they caught some, some disease on the grass. I don't know. There was too much complaining about it, and if you're the visiting team, you sign off on the conditions. I agree. So don't play your stars. Don't yeah. sign off. We, did, we didn't see it from uh, Minnesota, but what is Mahomes doing out there on that turf? Or anyone. We're back at it with headlines, and we talk college football next.